are you now? I got a big freaking day tomorrow. So anyway, we're uh, we're gonna rock it. We're gonna roll it. Let's hit it. Let's get it. Let's do it to it. Everything in between, and um, yeah, we'll go to bed soon. Why are we here just to suffer? I can think of. I can think of seven good reasons to be here tonight. <laughs> so it begins. As I enjoy a delicious seven up as we do tonight's podcast. Oh. Oh, that's nice. Oh that's, uh, you know, no sponsorship needed. No, no, not at all. Why why would you need sponsorship? No, nah, sponsorships are ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why. We will never have sponsorship here on the Foreign Affair podcast anymore. That's not the that's not the reason, but anyway. <laughs> we used to. Mm. Y'all remember, we used to have some. And it led to some of my favorite reads on air of all time. But you know. Oh, just, I do miss a good body pillow. I do miss a good body pillow. Mm. Uh, it's that kind of night, friends. Welcome in, everyone, to the Foreign Affair Podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my calling crime, West Bradshaw. We are doing episode 454 of the pod, uh, which is no longer uh, powered by Anchor. Uh, not because we've moved or anything, but I just I don't think it's actually called that anymore. I think Spotify. Yeah. Um, oh, OK. Thank you. Uh, I accept. Um, wait, I do have a podcast. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, all right, well, I'm gonna have to look at that later. Um, so yeah, anchor the name anchor has gone away, so now it's just Spotify for podcasters. Yay, that's not we don't nothing changed anyway. Uh, so we have uh Premier League to talk about, a lot of Premier League to talk about, we have Champions League to talk about, as well as some news and notes. Uh, and then we'll pimp the athletic and hit the watch for as always. Um, so let's dive right into the week that was in the Premier League on this weekend. Um, it started for me anyway, I guess. OK, uh, Man City to Newcastle nil. Uh, Newcastle just running out of goals at the worst possible time. It's Man City able to get all they needed in this one. Uh, Foden scoring in the 51st. Wow, 15th. I'm dyslexic. Uh, before Bernardo Silva added one in the 61st minute to cap things off and uh, give City a big three points where they would climb within two points of Arsenal. Uh, but Arsenal would restore that lead oh. in the dying, dying, dare I say, Fergie esque moments of their match against Bournemouth. Uh, after Philip Billy nearly took top billing in this match uh, with his goal in the opening nice. moment. Thank you for uh, for Bournemouth uh, and then Sanisi scoring in the uh, just about 15 minutes after the halftime restart. And I looked for all of the world like Bournemouth would snag uh, th- three points at the Emirates. But Arsenal would come back with three goals in the final half hour to cap off a very, very important day for them. Um, it does. It is starting to feel like it's just it's like kind of like those old United teams where they're just going to. They're just going to play till they win the match. And that's that's how it's going to be for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, 
Otherwise, uh, Aston Villa get a very nice own goal from Anderson of Crystal Palace in the 27th minute to get a 1-0 victory there. Uh, Wilf nearly uh, opened the scoring in the fifth minute, but his goal was ruled out through offsides through VAR. Um, and that was pretty much the extent of the scoring in this one as Villa get one over on Palace. Uh, Brighton spank West Ham 4-0. Mac Alistar uh, doing r- real big things as he started off with a penalty in the 18th minute uh, and then three goals in the second half from Veltman, Mitoma and oh, their Welbs team now as well, Danny Welbeck oh. in the 89th minute to cap things off against West Ham and push them just a little bit farther down the table uh, where they are close to Leeds who lost to Chelsea 1-0. Wesley Fofana, yes, Wesley Fofana, the lone goal scorer in this match for Chelsea. Hey, when, you're, when your strikers aren't scoring... Uh, leave it up to Wesley Fofana, I guess, to get you a goal. Oh, it was always Graham Potter's idea. <laughs> yeah, Graham, definitely everything going right for Graham Potter right now. Ooh, uh, ooh, nothing going right right now for Antonio Conte in his final matches here at Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Breaking news, I know. Um, as they fall to Wolves 1-0. And what was just kind of a weird game at the Molyneux? Uh, Adama Traore, name that Traore we, we just did, Adama Traore in the 82nd minute yeah. here. <laughs> not quite. Oh, oh man, I forgot. Sure. I wanted to play name that Troy on on transfer deadline day because I think like three of them moved places. I'm always I'm, just so you know. I'm just always gonna scream you out of here. So. It's one day it'll be right. I I guarantee you. One yes. day it will be right. Um, but yeah, just a weird match in this one. Spurs create a lot of chances but couldn't do anything with it. As uh, uh, saw showing why he was one of the best goalkeepers last year. <laughs> Uh, and Wolves' ascendancy, and now still is as they win 1-0 in this one. Uh, Southampton beat Leicester 1-0. Very big win for them as they try to get out of relegation. Uh, James Ward-Prowse missed a penalty <coughs> early, uh, but Carlos Alcaraz added a goal just three minutes later and then uh, before being subbed off through injury in the 50th minute. But big, big win for Southampton there. Uh, nearly, nearly a big win for Everton. Uh to uh, Decore with the goal in the 29th minute gave Everton a 2-1 lead against Nottingham Forest, but Brennan Johnson picked up his brace in the 77th minute <laughs> to get the one point against Everton and keep them just a little bit further down the table. Big, big missed opportunity <sighs> for three points there for Everton as they stay <sighs> in the thick of relegation. And then uh, we'll do this one first uh, real quick. Uh, Brentford three, Fulham two on Monday night football. Uh, Jensen with the uh, late goal for Brentford to give them the nice two, uh, two goal lead at three, one uh, former Tottenham Hotspur, great Vinicius with the consolation goal in the 99th minute, but it wasn't enough to bring Fulham back from both goals down as they still fall three, two to Brentford. And then, this was back to Sunday. The most lopsided match of the week. Nay, almost the year. Uh, and it didn't involve Bournemouth somehow. Um, <clears throat> Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Really? Uh, yes, for what all the world was a, right. a very exciting and cagey first half. And and oh. then, you know, Liverpool, you know, they, they got to say it. United got gackpoed. Uh, in the 43rd minute, you're like, oh, let's let's see how United respond in the second half. Not well. 
Uh, six more goals came through. Uh, Gakpo picked up a brace along with Darwin Nunez and Mo Salah. Uh, Roberto Firmino, who we'll get to in these notes, uh, added one in the 88th minute, and it just completely fell apart for United as they get absolutely drubbed against their Merseyside rivals. 7-0 again the final as Liverpool continue to climb the table um, and drag United back into the Champions League spot race with them. Um, so that is that is the week that was, Wes. Uh, that's how things are looking right now. Um, I think I know we're going to start off, but I, I got to still ask, what caught your eye this weekend? Well, I mean, obviously we're going to sit here and talk about Everton getting a big point to keep them out of the... I, y'all know we only talk about Everton when I have something to make fun of them about. And I mean, just the fact that they're them means I do have something to make fun of them about. But I'm going to let them slide this week because something I want to make even more fun about <laughs> is the glory, glory that is Manchester United. Those red devils came into Anfield. They high off of their Carabao Cup victory. You know, crazy. A year ago, it was a Mickey Mouse Cup. This year, it's it means everything, of course, to the to those those Reds, um, <clears throat> the ones from Manchester. Um, we can go ahead and give Vout Veghorst an assist for uh, going ahead and helping fire Liverpool up early, as he decided that he he was going to throw Virgil Van Dyke off his game by touching the This Is Anfield sign. That that didn't that didn't work out very well for very very well for for Varst Veghorst whatever. Um, as you said, it was a, it was a really good first half of football, especially if you were a a neutral someone who just wanted to tune in and watch a good match. Absolutely. Really good first half. Uh, Liverpool had the early advantage, couldn't make anything happen. Uh, United got themselves back in it. Two teams going back and forth, as you said. Cody gackpoed all over Manchester United's face late there in the first half to get the openers. But you know, Ed, I was hearing it as they went to halftime. Oh, that that Eric Ten Hag, he's he he's a he's a second half manager. Oh, he mm-hmm. he he's brilliant in the locker room. He's gonna have them ready for the second half. I mean, he did for about three minutes, and then. Um, you know what? What started off was a with a triple of Gakpo in the first half turned into a flood of Liverpool second half goals. Um, Liverpool in the match with try braces in two apiece for Gakpo, Nunez, and Mo Salah, and then Ed to top it off. Maybe the most enjoyed goal of the day. Bobby Firmino, who just earlier in the week had announced that uh, he was calling time on his Liverpool career at the end of the season, uh, feels it's just time to move on, try something new. I think, you know, for Firmino, he's looked around. He's like, man, you know, we've gotten younger. We've gotten really talented up front. Maybe, Maybe it's just time for me to move on. So, of course, Bobby Firmino comes in and scores a, a, a typical Bobby Firmino goal. Uh, the cop just loses their ever-loving minds. And uh, Liverpool walk out 
and they get the three points. They continue their climb up the table. Uh, they hand Manchester United their worst ever Premier League defeat. <clears throat> um, first time anyone's dropped a seven spot on United ever in the Premier League. Um, United's run of mediocrity at Anfield continues. And I believe my favorite stat of all that I've heard is that uh, since 2016, Mohamed Salah has received more yellow cards for removing his shirt <laughs> at Anfield than, uh, than Manchester United have scored goals at Anfield. Um, uh, Salah, absolutely. I think I think he dreams at night about playing Man United. I believe he's 12 in his last seven against the Red Devils now. Um, he continues his dominant ways. Uh, the, the, the huge bust Darwin Nunez is only up to 18 um, goal involvements on the season. Um, he does his thing. Uh, the waste of money Gakpo uh, continues his fine form. And the, the worst midfield in the world just absolutely dominates the best midfield in the world. Um, hmm. the, 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 the manager who's passed it decimated the uh, self-proclaimed basically greatest manager in the world. Oh, had what, what a day to be a Liverpool fan. Um, I believe no one encapsulates it quite as much as our, our legend, Jamie Carragher. Who um, has changed his Twitter profile picture to a picture of a disgusting Gary Neville? Because why the hell would you yeah. change it to a disgusting Gary? There, there's a fantastic little video out there of Carragher celebrating all seven goals, sitting right beside um, Gary Neville for him. And at one point, I think the fifth goal, he just he just looks at the camera and gives this devilish grin, as you can just see like Gary Neville's soul leaving his body. It's a, it's a wonderful moment. Um, so anyway, all in all, wonderful day for the Reds. Um, I mean, you can't ask for anything better. Uh, they they needed something. They needed a spark. They needed a win. You decimate. You decimate pretty much the the informed team in the Premier League. I believe they were unbeaten in ten and. Uh, have been beaten once in 20 coming into the match. So United were on a great run. Uh, Liverpool pretty much put a halt to any talk of a United uh, Premier League title. You're welcome. Um, They get themselves boosted up by their bootstraps. On the weekend, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Newcastle and Tottenham both dropping points ahead of them. So it, it really, Liverpool could not have asked for a better weekend. Now the key is, can you do it again? Not go out and score seven goals, because you don't have to do that. Um, but for, for Liverpool, that's five consecutive uh, clean sheets in the Premier League. That, that had been something that had really been their Achilles heel earlier this season. Um, in matches where Kanate uh, and Virgil start together now, Liverpool uh, unbeaten in those matches. Kanate uh, coming back is having a great effect on the defense. Um, uh, Fabinho, who was much maligned earlier in the season, has hit a nice patch of form. Uh, Jordan Henderson's starting to look like Captain Jordan Henderson again. Uh, Diogo Jota's back. Um, 
Um, oh, goodness gracious. My Colombian, uh, my Colombian forward. Who, uh, uh, not Darwin. Um, uh, man. Oh, I know the guy you got last year. Yeah, God. Yeah. Just suddenly, uh, Luis Diaz. I'm so sorry. Yeah. God, I love Luis Diaz. Uh, Luis Diaz is looking to possibly be back for the Bournemouth match this weekend um, and also could feature against uh, Real Madrid next week in the Champions League. Ed, how many false, how many false dawns have I had for Liverpool this year? Have, have we lost count yet? As many um, as I've had with Tottenham, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just kind of going back and forth on that. So still some, uh, hey, still two months left in the season. So good luck <laughs> for both of us. Could this be the time that Liverpool's putting it together? Um, it starts at the back and it looks like they have found the stability they need defensively. That has flowed forward. Liverpool are playing their best football of the season suddenly. And, um, it looks like Newcastle have run out of goals. Mm-hmm. Or, I hate to say, are Tottenham about to go into some sort of a tailspin here with uh, Antonio Conte shooting his mouth off? Nothing, nothing new there by any means. Um, but is Tottenham going to be able to hold it together this season? Uh, honestly, let's see how Manchester United react to this. True. They. they I have never seen a team that's supposed to be that good, that was that high on the table, just completely and utterly give up like they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Bruno Fernandez has been just absolutely pelted since Sunday with, honestly, with very good reason. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he was was an abject uh, disgrace in the second half of that match. Uh, tried to tried to get himself taken out, and it's like Eric Hag went down and said, "Look, you're the captain. Part of this is you to blame. You stay in there and finish." And he he did not want to stay in there and finish it. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if if this is more of a one off for this United squad, or if United really is was a paper tiger who were exposed. I will ah. say one thing real quick here. Mm-hmm. We, we we can all say we didn't see this coming, and and I think that's very fair because I don't think anybody would see seven nil with um with as yeah. form as United were as you said. I will say this though, counting this match in the last five Premier League meetings between Liverpool and Manchester United, Liverpool have outscored United twenty one to four. These have oh wait I just. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they did lose the first match of this year 2-1. Right. Last year, Liverpool went 4-0 and 5-0 on them. And then yep. the year uh, their, uh, their last meeting in May of 2021, Liverpool won 4-2. So, yeah, like, this is obviously a very close, it's a big rivalry, United's in form. But also, Liverpool have just been kind of spanking them lately. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, it's it's one of those weird things where it seems like Liverpool and Klopp just kind of have United figured out a little bit at this point, it seems. Yeah, they have, of course. You can also look back at those. <clears throat> and I think what disappointed the United supporters so much is, you know, when you look back at those matches, 
Well, that was Ollie's team, and that was uh, Ralph Ranick's team, you know, of course. But now, you know, Eric Eric has it all figured out. And Eric, and not to take anything away from Ten Hag, I'm, I mean, God, Ten Hag is a much better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Ralph Ranick, don't get me wrong. Um, but he walked in there with an informed United squad against a and an not informed Liverpool squad in a season, <coughs> excuse me, where United have just been head and shoulders better than Liverpool, you've already beaten them once. And to take the worst loss in the history of the uh, of the rivalry mm-hmm. and the worst loss in the Premier League history for Manchester United, how somehow Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does not own that record is just blows me away. <laughs> um, but I think that's what's got the people really fired up this week. And uh, for United, now, by the time this uh, podcast releases, United will have played their Europa match. Man, they could have gone and beat Betis 3-0. Wouldn't shock me one bit. Um, they could be getting themselves right back in it. They could easily finish third this season, maybe second if things break for them. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, man, in their biggest match of the season to date, they went and just got absolutely spanked. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was most glorious. <laughs> from my viewpoint, from Liverpool viewpoints, it was absolutely most glorious. Uh, I'm sure with Liverpool were there on the table this year, I'm sure the Manchester City fans did not um, were not disappointed by the outcome of that match. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Probably the first time that they've been uh, rooting for the Reds for quite a while. But, uh, yeah, great, great day on uh, the red side of Mersey. And uh, yeah, just hopefully this is the jump-off point going forward. Of course. And uh, any anything else from the week? Whoops. Sorry, sorry Mr. Microphone. Uh, anything else oh. from the week, though, was that uh, that kind of caught your eye this weekend? Um, that Arsenal win at the death. So, you know, a few weeks ago when Manchester City pretty much humbled Arsenal, um, you know, I said, I think I said, all right, this is the beginning of the end for Arsenal. They'll start losing these matches that they shouldn't lose. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to do them in at the end. And hey, folks, I can fully admit what I'm wrong. And I, to this point, I, I could not have been more wrong. Arsenal are winning these matches and they're doing it in ways that show up on the championship video at the end of the year. Uh, they're they're winning them late. They're um, they're doing it with some highlight reel stuff, but they're 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 starting to take results that late in the matches doesn't look like they're going to get those results. Mm-hmm. And that city's still not really stepping up like they need to. I think this is Arsenal's title to lose at this point. I would agree with that. It does not please me overall to say that, but um, it it looks like it is their title to lose at this point. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is looking a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, we will see. Of course, uh, still more matches to be played. Still about a third of the season left to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, as as we continue on and look at the table here. 
um, as as we look at the top first, uh, Arsenal still up five points on Manchester City. Uh, they are level on matches, but again, they do still play each other one more time. So City <laughs> could theoretically at least make up three points there and uh, and make it close again. We shall see. Uh, United currently in third uh, at 49 points. Spurs right now in fourth, uh, just three points up on Liverpool. Um, Liverpool do currently have match in hand. Newcastle still also have two matches in hand. They are four points back right now. Spurs, uh, Fulham right now sitting in seventh with Brighton and Hove and Brentford level on points in eighth and ninth. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, it is, oh, it is tight. It is very, very tight. Uh, right now, uh, Crystal Palace is in 12th place. They are only five points clear of safety still somehow. Um, and, and you think, oh yeah, five points clear of safety, but like so many teams would have to jump them. Well, yeah, but right now, last place is only six points back of them. So this bottom of the table right here could be anybody over the next few weeks. It is actually insane. Right now, uh, Leeds and Everton are both on 22 points. Leeds has a slightly better goal differential. So Leeds sit in 17th, Everton in 18th. Then Southampton and Bournemouth both just one point back of safety. You know, I, I felt like three, four weeks ago, Southampton looked dead in the water. You know, they're probably going to be the first team to get relegated. And now they're just they're just one point out of safety, man. It's this is going to be a wild finish to this year. Um, and truly, it's you know, this is this is what happens when no team is actually really bad. Like really, really bad, like we've had with the Norwiches and you know previous full iterations and and things like that, where you knew they were going right back down. Like, nope, there's there's some okay teams at the bottom of the Premier League this year, and that is that is really interesting to see. Uh, as for your schedule for this weekend, uh, this Saturday uh, at 7:30 a.m., Liverpool, <laughs> speaking of big wins, uh, heading to Bournemouth. So. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. Um, at 10 a.m., you have your choice of Everton versus Brentford, Leeds versus Brighton, Leicester versus Chelsea, Spurs versus Forest, and then at 12.30, Crystal Palace and their Eagles look to take on Manchester City. Uh, on Sunday at 10 a.m., uh, it's Fulham versus Arsenal, United versus Southampton, and West Ham versus Villa. And then at 12.30, it's Newcastle versus Wolves. So some big stuff there. Um, and then we have one more week of matches before heading to uh, what feels like the first in a very long time uh, international break. So we'll be heading there. Um, but first, before we get to an international break, we will hit the Champions League. Uh, the four teams have been decided to go on. Still another four to be decided next week for the round of 16. But the results are in from the second legs. Uh, Benfica left little doubt against Bruges as they stomped them in the second leg 5-1 to win 7-1 on aggregate. Uh, Bruges proving to be just a little bit fraudulent here in the uh, the round of 16. Still a good year overall for them in the Champions League to get this far. Uh, but Benfica storming into the round of 16. Well, and uh, then uh, Bruges, excuse me, Bruges turned right around and uh, fired Scott Parker today. I did not know that. That is... Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, um, Scott Parker was um, was made manager at the end of December, and they have won a grand total of two matches since. Oh. So, um, you know, he was dressed magnificent. Of course. 
He always is. But, uh, oh, he, he's, a, he's a wonderful looking chap, but uh, apparently not that great of a manager. Very, very unfortunate for him. Oh, my. That's a story led. Well, so then my question would be, because I'm, I'm unfortunately not kept up on Bruges, uh, Bruges year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why was he nominated manager in December when they, when they got out of the Champions League group stage? Though I don't. Uh, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, I don't follow Bruges quite as closely either as, as I guess we should. Um, traffic where I actually just heard that today. Uh, so I'm reading this on the AP. Scott Parker has been fired mm-hmm. after less than three months in charge. Uh, but, but when he was hired, uh, he had been out of work since being fired by Bournemouth in August. Uh, uh, but the team was then caught in a domestic downward spiral that started in November and is yet to be stopped. In fact, Bruges plunged deeper into crisis under Parker to acknowledge that his job was in jeopardy after the humbling defeat against Benfica. Um, Bruges uh, won the Belgian League title for the third season in a row in May. It stands fourth in the standings ahead of Sunday's match against Standard, 21 points behind leader Gank. So uh, that that might be why. Apparently they were, they were even though they were doing good in the Champions League, they were doing bad after that, and it's only gotten worse. So there you go. There's there's your Bruges news for the day. Glad we could. There's your there's your there's your Bruges moment <laughs> in Bruges. You're um, welcome, Doctor. You're welcome, Doctor Evil. <laughs> um, Chelsea somehow, some way gets past Dortmund two nil. Uh, Raheem Sterling uh, leveling the tie at one just before the first half whistle goes, uh, and then Kai Havertz gets absolutely bailed out. Uh, through encroachment, because I mean, it is football after all, I guess, from Dortmund uh, on his first penalty attempt that he missed. He gets another chance. He puts it in in the 53rd, and Chelsea hangs on to win 2-1 on the aggregate over Dortmund. Um, Bayern Munich, also a little bit fortunate, but also made a lot of their own luck as well against PSG. In the uh, the glamour tie of the round was... Maybe not so glamorous after all. Uh, Byron wins the, the, the second leg 2-0 and wins 3-0 on aggregate. Uh, Chopo Moting with the goal in the 61st minute after an earlier goal had been ruled off sides. Uh, and Serge Mbari finishing things off in the 89th minute since PSG back into France with yet another uh, missed opportunity at a Champions League title. And finally, uh, Tottenham managed uh, zero shots on target until the second half in a must-win match against Milan. Uh, They draw nil-nil in the second leg. Milan ends up winning uh, one-nil on the aggregate in um, just a very, very slow, turgid affair overall, Um, one that is becoming all too common for Tottenham Hotspur fans. So those are your uh, matches that took place this week. Um, and Wes, I'm sure you have some thoughts on these, but I, I am curious. I'm going to lead you with, with this question. Um, who, who should actually feel more disappointed, uh, in their overall performance, PSG or Tottenham? Oh yeah. I just still think at the end of the day, it's got to be PSG. Um, I mean, nothing against Tottenham, but I don't know how much expectation people really had from Tottenham at this point. Um, Conte, as this keeps going on, Conte is kind of uh, giving off less and less of a good vibe as the season goes. 
Tottenham seem Tottenham seem like they are going to desperately try to hold on to that top four spot so they have some Champions League football next year. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be a summer of turnover for Tottenham Hotspur and help. Uh, apparently, according to what Conte is saying, it may happen before the summer. Well, did so, you see? Uh, did you see any Richarlison's quote, quotes after the match? Oh, Richarlison! Um, you know who, who I just adore Richarlison so much. Anyway, um, he basically struck the match. He lit him up. So. Uh, Said, why are we doing this? Shit? Yeah, he, yeah. I, I, you know what, Richie? Those are good questions you're asking. Maybe you shouldn't do that in public, but these are good yeah. questions you're asking. Yeah, if we know anything about Richie, it's that you know decision making not always is <laughs> best trait. Uh, but I mean, like you said, it is a pretty good question. Uh, so it looks like Tottenham are on their way to a se- to an off season of Tottenham turnover. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, the biggest disappointment, it's, it's got to be PSG. Why? Because you've got the quote-unquote best player in the world and quote-unquote best player of all time standing right there. And, and that's a key word, standing. Because yeah. <laughs> there won't much run in between those two. Uh, another, another big match, another um, display of... You know, a team having to carry not one not one superstar, but multiple superstars. Now, they didn't have to carry them all because uh, Neymar has his uh, customary uh, spring injury this time. It's enough to keep him out for the season uh, so he can make it to his sister's birthday. Good for him and not have to really worry about any. Not have to worry about coming up with a reason. He can just go now. Um for PSG, the whole question surrounding them now is, is this the end of, quote, the project? Uh, the, the infamous PSG project that, you know, was going to, they, they were going to change the footballing world. And you know, this was the this was the revolution. It wasn't just going to be the Real Madrid's and the Chelsea's and the Manchester United's of the world anymore. No, we're coming. We're coming. Whatever. Wow, good for you. You dominate France. I'm so proud of you. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much where we stand. Um, PSG are probably going to win the French League. whoop de doo Christophe Gaultier, um, I believe he's, he's probably going to be gone after the season. Uh, because, you know, honestly, winning in France... That was cool for a while. Does it really matter that much right now? For yeah, um, I mean, it just it just doesn't. Who can blame them? Who can blame them? Um, I mean, you're you're so much you have so much more money than everyone in France. That I mean, winning that league is the lowest of expectations. I mean, unless you're Pochettino, of course. But anyway, sorry, uh, could be future. Uh, Tottenham manager Mauricio yeah. Pochettino. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think just another disappointment for PSG. Um, and, and you want to talk about a, an off-season of turmoil coming up? Um, those two who played today, Messi and Neymar, wouldn't be a shot to see both of them gone by the time the season kicks off next year. The one they wish they could get of get rid of Neymar. 
Neymar's under contract till 2027. <laughs> so uh, I literally think about the only chance that they have that they can get rid of Neymar anytime soon is if uh, Todd Bowley, they catch Todd <laughs> Bowley like drunkenly on the phone and he agrees to it. Uh, that's like the only way Neymar's getting out of town, man. So, yeah, enjoy that, PSG fans, because that shit show ain't going nowhere anytime soon. He's he's absolutely thrilled to keep making his money. So, uh, it, it's gonna. I, I think this could be somewhat the end of an era for PSG. They've got a lot of decisions they need to make. They've got a lot of changes that they need to make. And uh, now we'll sit back and see if they make them. It will be. Oh, really, you think really? really do? Yeah, yeah. Because um, <clears throat> you know that uh, you know PSG. This is this is their white whale, just like it is with Manchester City, who will of course be back in action next week in the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is what they want, and until they get it, I mean, at this point, like you said. When just winning in France doesn't really mean anything anymore. You have to win mm. this trophy at some point. It is it is very difficult. It is a knockout competition, and as we've seen, you know sometimes the draw can kind of bite you a little bit. Of course, if you know PSG had taken care of business, uh, you know in their uh, their group stage, they would have been uh, sauntering past Scotty Parker's Bruges instead of having to uh, to take on the mighty Bayern Munich. But you know. At the same token, at some point, if you're PSG, you would have had to have probably be a team like this anyway. So if you're not doing yeah. it now, don't don't know when it's going to happen. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think real quick before we move uh, to the to the matches for next week's Champions League, um, I do think it's very interesting. Something that, that you know, kind of got floated around a little bit when all the the takeover talk in the Premier League was going with, you know, whether it had been United or or Liverpool or Spurs, whoever. Um, you know, people kept saying, oh, well, if, you know, the PSG group wants to, you know, invest in, you know, a Premier League team and eventually become a majority owner, they'd have to sell PSG. And, you know, quite a few people started saying, well, you know, PSG just kind of did their thing so that they could, or they kind of just invested in PSG so they could go ahead and, you know, rise through the ranks and be everything good for the Qatari World Cup. And now that that's over, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they go ahead and start moving on. So I I think it'll be very interesting now, especially that the Qatar World Cup is over now that another, you know, misstep in the Champions League has happened with, you know, as we'll get to later, Messi may, may not be there much longer. As you mentioned, Mbappe might not be there much longer. What does the future of PSG hold both on an on-field standpoint and an off-the-field standpoint as well? At least we know Neymar will be there a lot longer. Amazing. Amazing. I I love Neymar two months every four years and the rest of it, I just, oh, it's it's so much fun. It's so Mm -hmm. much fun to laugh at him. Oh, anyway. Uh, next week, uh, we will have two more match days uh, on the 14th. Um, Inter Milan look to uh, hold on against Porto with their 1-0 lead uh, as Leipzig and City, currently deadlocked at 1-1, uh, will be heading to the Etihad to see who takes the trip to the round of eight. Uh, on the 15th, Wednesday, 
Um, Napoli looks to hold on to their 2-0 lead over Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, which I believe they will do. And then Real Madrid uh, have a three-goal lead back to the Bernabeu uh, against Liverpool and see if a newly resurgent Liverpool team can make history happen once again. Uh, Wes, I'm sure that's that's the biggest one on the on the list here. Um, but man, you know, if and he gets to halftime and it's still like one one against Leipzig, I'm 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 gonna be tuning in that one because that one that one could get really interesting really fast too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's probably actually the biggest one. Um, you know, Liverpool. I think Liverpool this week with the way they played against United. They kind of put the question out there, well, can they do it? And, I mean, really, with the away goal, you know, the away goal rule is gone now. True. Um, you know, I mean, there there are – there's a chance. I mean, we've seen Liverpool turn over a huge lead going into a second leg uh, against the Spanish Giant. We've seen them do it before. So, uh, you can't totally count them out, but Liverpool know they are so stinging far behind the eight ball that anything they do is going to basically be Brady in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect it, but that, 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 that's still your glamour tie. Yeah, name-wise, it's still your glamour tie. But, uh, yeah, Leipzig, Leipzig has given uh, City issues, so... Uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on how that one goes. Absolutely. It should be a fun one. Nonetheless, uh, whether it's plenty of goal scoring or a KG affair um, coming up here in the Champions League. Um, so that'll be your round of 16 concluding next week. And then we'll have a week off and then it'll be on to. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, it'll be more than a week off. Wait, isn't it usually only a week off? Oh, I guess not. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no quarterfinals will be on uh, starting on April 11th to 12th. So it'll be about a month uh, with with uh, until we get back to the Champions League after next week. Interesting. I thought it was usually a little bit tighter of a turnaround than that, but that's OK. Moving right along. Uh, Wes, you alluded to this earlier. Uh, James Pierce bringing us this story from The Athletic here in the news and notes on uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Roberto Firmino will be leaving Liverpool when his contract expires at the end of the season. Uh, the Brazilian international was offered an extension, but considering his options, has decided to pursue a new challenge. Um, he scored 107 goals in 353 appearances since coming over from Hoffenheim in the summer of 2015. Um, obviously, a very big part of what has gone on uh, at Liverpool in their the resurgence under Jurgen Klopp, um, but as as things have changed and as we as I know you've mentioned about needing to do a a bit of a reshuffling, a bit of a refresh on the roster. Um, while as we saw this weekend, he still has some goals <laughs> left in him. Um, probably over the last couple of years, one of the first maybe pieces that start to come to mind of 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 pieces mm-hmm. that might need to start moving on. Well, um, it, it is gonna it's gonna suck to lose him. Uh, don't get me wrong; he's he he has been an absolutely excellent servant to the club. Um, Jurgen Klopp made a comment back in 
all the way back in 2018, which doesn't seem that far ago, but God, it's, it's a lifetime ago at this point. Um, he said, you know, he said, uh, Sadio Mane is, is world-class, but not every day. He said, Mohamed Salah is world-class, but not every day. He said, now Bobby Firmino, he's world-class almost every day. Almost every day. You, you know, you're, Jurgen, Jurgen doing his Jurgen things, but, um, <laughs> you know, Jurgen Klopp is the guy who will tell you, you know, yeah, Mane and Salah have scored a ton of goals for Liverpool in that front three. They're, they were the superstars of that front three. But the things that Roberto Firmino did um, in playing that false nine in the 4 3 3, without Roberto Firmino, Liverpool is not the Liverpool that we have seen over the last, uh, or in the, here in the Klopp era. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think back about the start of Bobby Firmino, uh, he, he came in as a, he was supposed to be a, a center mid from Hoffenheim. And um, you know, came in under Brendan Rodgers, and like a lot of guys who came in late in the broad reign, it was like, well, what the hell do we spend money on this guy for? He sucks. He'll be here for six months, and we'll sell him. And then Jurgen Klopp came in, and it was like, um, yeah, I know this guy because I managed against this guy in Germany. <laughs> I know what he's capable of and actually had a plan for him for a while if I ever got him. And now you're all in trouble. <laughs> and guess what? That's pretty much what happened. Jurgen Klopp unleashed Firmino. Um, has never been you know, a natural great goal scorer, but he does score goals. He's the all-time leading Brazilian scorer in Premier League history. Wow, so that, that. That's one when you think about something you're like, but then you start thinking about, you know, the great Brazilian goal scorers. Most of them didn't actually play. If they did play in the Premier League, they didn't play that long. True, yeah. Um, and, you know, and then there's Firmino, you know, at the, at the, at the top of the heap. It's like, oh, God, it's Roberto Firmino. So, um, yeah, he, he's a legend. You're going to hear uh, – you're going to hear, si, senor, uh, for the rest of the season. You're going to hear it a lot. That's what United heard a lot of the other day. And, man, when he gets on, he is going to get just rapturous ovations. And, boy, if he can come in and score some, some more goals like he did the other day, it's going to be a hell of a ride home. Well, still, uh, still a couple months left in, uh, in his Liverpool career uh, as, he, as he looks to put a capper on it. Um, but the group might be coming in that might have decisions on future Liverpool players. This coming from awful announcing. Um, interesting story here. You know, again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of talk about uh, potential ownership changes throughout the Premier League over the last couple months. Uh, this one coming out, uh, could Liberty Media buy into Liverpool FC? Um, this is from Philip Bupp on the awful announcing website, uh, reporting that the Telegraph says that Liverpool is targeting major media companies to maybe be a strategic partner that could buy a minority stake. Uh, Liberty Media owns, among other things, Sirius XM, Live Nation, Formula One, and the Atlanta Braves. Uh, even though Liberty declined to comment on their interest in Liverpool or FSG, it was the only company named in the article. Since they're named, um, they go on to uh, to do kind of a, uh, a hypothetical. A um, couple of pitfalls that could uh, arise would be 
with their ownership of the Braves. Obviously, FSG have their share in the Red Sox. So could that be a potential uh, problem there? Um, also, SiriusXM uh, broadcast Premier League matches. Could that show a conflict of interest if that happens? That being said, could could be an interesting investment angle. And again, you know, I think the the best part of this would be it's it's not oil money. So yay! Maybe maybe this is okay. Maybe maybe it's okay, Wes. Well, you know, it, it does look like um FSG have decided now that um you know, it, it's going to be more investment that they're looking for because they are not going to get the price they want right now mm-hmm. uh, when it comes time to sell the team. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm I'm open to a lot of things. I'm happy to not see the oil money yes. flowing in. Uh, God, there's just uh, just something about that man that that's that was just really. One of those like, oh, come on, don't tell me we're going to go down this route kind of things. Um, so, what is it? Happy to see that. Um, and we'll see. I mean, it, it would do good for Liverpool to get the investment. They they want to go spend some money this summer. They need some investment. Uh, if, if it strengthens the hand of FSG, then hey, whatever. Make it happen. Uh, just you know, that money coming in needs to go back into the, you know, it needs to be spent some on the, uh, on the, the first team this season. So, right. That's me being very nice. It needs to be spent on the first floor. <laughs> Wes is nothing if not nice. So, so nothing if not always polite. <laughs> um, lastly, on the news and notes here, um, this from May 4th, or sorry, March 4th. Uh, Daniel Taylor writing in a in a big piece here. Uh, why Mason Greenwood should not play for Manchester United again um, goes into a very very um, big detailing of the problems Mason Greenwood faced. Uh, of course, being accused of uh, sexual assault and rape uh, was cleared of those by police, um, but the evidence, as had been released, was incredibly damning, and uh, he does go into you know, how how there's almost no way United should uh, be leaving him in, that the club should be taking a stand on this. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. So I, I don't think United are uh, are going to be listening to this. It would be nice. Um, we've seen other teams make the the hard decision and, and cut ties, but we'll see if uh, if United are able to do that as well going agree it's a it's a really tough it's a really tough position that they're in with him but at the end of the day you know as as promising you know mason greenwood has had some good moments he's a promising young talent but to me i think it's it makes more sense to it makes more sense to cut ties you know it's not like not not trying to say that you know being a good player makes it better what you do, but um, it's not like this is Marcus Rashford or something who is a critical first team guy, um, right. and really makes you have to have to answer the question. 
I mean, to me, it's like it, it's a no brainer. You 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 let Greenwood, you give him his walking papers, and you you'll take a you'll take a much smaller PR hit, and you'll probably get some good PR praise um, for making that happen. And to me, it's just it's an easy win for United. So since it's an easy win, I'm sure United won't do it. But, you know. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly, yeah. United, United, that team who can't get out of their own way. Well, you know, as as much better as the on-field product has gotten this year, this is Manchester United off the field, and this is where they're truly, truly elite at fucking shit up. <laughs> well, they, I'm sure there will be plenty more opportunities for them to do the same thing going forward. Um. With that, uh, we have hit the part where we begin to pimp The Athletic. Uh, it's uh, one of our favorite websites. Tons of great stories from there. You've already heard a few of them uh, during this podcast. Um, but Wes, I have to ask, what have you been reading in the, uh, the Athletic this past week? Man, there is, as always, there's a bunch of good stuff in here. Um, you know, with the, with the United-Liverpool match this past weekend, uh, I spoke about it last week. I brought up the uh, the Derby Days series that they're doing on the Athletic. Last week, uh, I talked about the old firm, uh, Glasgow Rangers, uh, in Glasgow between Rangers and Celtic. Well, this week, they had the time and down Liverpool versus Manchester United in that Derby Days um, uh, series they're doing. Oliver Kay knocking it out. It, it, is, a, it is a good one. Um, so now they've done the uh, the Greek the Greek one the Derby of the Eternal Enemies the old firm and Francis Le Classique. Um, so you know now uh, they they go into Liverpool Man United really really good story really cool. Uh, something we spoke about I, I know I'm sticking I'm sticking hard to this seven uh, 0 match. Uh, but this is one of my favorite stories. I giggled, I giggled so hard. Nick Miller, Bruno Fernandez, a breakdown of the Manchester United captain's meltdown. Oh, oh boy. When we were going into uh, full detail on Bruno Fernandez, just completely embarrassing himself, embarrassing his club. And basically, let's just say he embarrassed his family and everyone with the Fernandez last name. That's a lot of people in this world. Um, he's just an utter shite embarrassment. Uh, and I think, um, I know Tottenham were hard in for him, but man, sometimes you just, sometimes you just gotta be really happy that you don't get a guy. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, Bruno's a good, he's a good player. He's got a lot of talent. He's a good player. Man, he's just such a little prick. <laughs> and that's all it is at the end of the day. He's just such a little prick. Shit on um, there's a couple of more good ones. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this one real fast, and I'll go a little more in on another one. Uh, Chris Vanini inside the perks of new college football coach contracts, cars, buyouts, country clubs, and more. Um, it starts off talking mostly about Deion Sanders. Uh, it goes into some of the perks in his contract, and it's just a pretty cool look inside. You know, a job that used to be, you know, basically you were. You know, uh, God, even Bobby Knight had to teach a class at Indiana. <laughs> Kirk, Kirby ain't teaching no class, I'll put it that way. Kirby ain't teaching classes. Kirby's got ball games to win. Um, so check that out. But then uh, the last one I wanted to hit, and this is a, an event that's starting that we can uh, keep our eye on the next few weeks. 
Uh, Nick Groke earlier today, World Baseball Classic Power Rankings. How do the Globes best stack up? For the first time in six years, Ed, we have the World Baseball Classic. And the U.S. are still the defending champs. <laughs> You're like, why six years, you dummies? Well, this little thing called COVID was kind of going on the last time there was supposed to be one. Kind of ruined everything. Um, but a nice little, nice little breakdown of the 20 teams in the tournament. Um, they do rank them 1 to 20 over um, – you know, uh, how they how they see them as the best teams in the tournament. And spoiler alert, you're number three, the good old United States of America and their cobbled together pitching rotation. Yeah. Anyway, those are my stories of the weekend. Um, yeah, dude, I, I mean, anything can happen in a best of one, but I, I think the Dominican Republic should probably win this one. It's, they're, they're really they should. Um, I have two stories here. Uh, the first one from Paul Tenorio and Pablo Marer. Um, just a uh, couple, couple of great people here. Uh, MLS willing to be flexible in order to seal Lionel Messi transfer. Mm-hmm. Yay! You know, hey, there's nothing better than you know saying your league is is definitely not a retirement league, and we should be taken seriously then. Than breaking every salary cap rule to get a, a near forty-year-old Lionel Messi, and oh man, that's uh, uh, oh man, that's that's. But boring. he's special. He is special. It's always special. First it was Beckham, and now it's and now it's Messi. They're all they're all special. Um, who knows if uh, this will include like Beckham a, a contractual obligation to buy a team. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I, I'm sure people will be excited about this. I, I don't care. I just I truly don't care. Although shout out. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for watch for later. Um, and then my la- next story. Uh, the, the man whose name you never want to hear. Not because he's a bad reporter. He's a fantastic reporter. But usually when he's reporting on something, Something bad is mm. happening in the sport. Yeah. Ah, this one by Evan Drellich. <laughs> Are Rob Manfred and the owners really gearing up for a salary cap push? Um, yes. Yeah, that, that is the ab- actual short answer. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, man, oh, man. This is... We we thought this last lockout uh, thing was bad. Oh, this is this is going to be like... <laughs> 20 times worse um and as someone who in their youth because because i got mad at those big bad yankees um you know (laughs) buying all their players and i said gosh darn it 14 year old me said gosh darn it why why isn't there a salary cap in baseball this isn't fair why why do the yankees get to just buy all the good players this isn't fair um as as i have matured I have realized one, they weren't very good at it. Actually, <laughs> they won their World Series because of youth development, not because of buying players. And then, <laughs> second, a salary cap is actually terrible. <laughs> so, um, the only way a salary cap will be okay in Major League Baseball is if they significantly, and I mean, significantly raise the. I don't think they call it a. They actually call it a floor. But whatever, like the minimum you have to spend on a roster is, they need to 
They need to just raise that up like three or four times what it is right now before they want to get into a salary cap. Because let me tell you what, players ain't going to start wanting to get paid less. It's not going to happen. So, and as, and as much as those salaries have just exploded over the past yeah. decade, whew, yeah. but, and, and, and guess what? I can go ahead and tell you too the, the Pittsburghs and Oaklands of the world and Tampas are not going to want to pay three to four times more than what they're paying now. Thank you, Steve Cohen. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you have caused. Um, also, the Phillies owner, shout out to him. This isn't in this article, but in a, in a recent interview, he's like, he basically was like, I don't give a fuck. I want to win championships. If it means I got to spend yeah. a lot of money to do it, then that's what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, oh, you can't say that out loud. Or that's that's what all the other owners are thinking. Oh, no, you can't say that out loud. No, no, that's not. No, 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 don't do that. No, no, no. That makes us look bad. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. Um. And also, you mentioned the contracts exploded, and I do agree that they're probably uh, almost unsustainably high at this point. Wes, what's what's one of those lines you love to to use? You're worth what someone will pay you. And that's so. In the end of the day, the only people the owners have to blame are themselves for this. This is all their own doing. So I have zero sympathy for them but this is going to be a shit show either way so. i mean I, I i say that and i say, and the thing i say after that is get paid young man get paid damn straight once, damn. once again people people have been bitching for years. i can't believe they paid tom brady nah, nah, nah. Oh, i mean why, why why do you have a problem with him making a living <laughs> yeah. hey somebody somebody's willing to cut that check to him you know, Absolutely. I mean, if yeah, if Steve Cohen wants to pay me ten times what anybody else is willing to pay me, I mean, why would I be like, oh, morally, no, I don't want to do that. No. Why? Like, well, over here, I can make ten million a season, or Steve Cohen's going to pay me fifteen million a season. Exactly. Um, well. Hey, Mr. Cohen, how do I look in orange and blue pinstripes? <laughs> I've always loved the Mets. What are you talking about? This is this is great. Golly, I can't wait to uh, flushing. Oh, Queens! It's just ever since I saw Coming to America, I knew it was the greatest of the birds. <laughs> oh man, don't let one name producer Jackie hear you say that. Um, Good morning, my friends. Oh, man, just it's so dumb. So if you want to hear about the terrible things that are probably coming down the line a few years, go read uh, Evan Drellich's article on that. that, yeah, is, if, uh, you thought that if you thought that last little lockout was bad. Oh, man. Oh, it's so, I mean, I, I mean the, the only word I'm not we're not going to hear lockout next time. The words you're going to hear is strike. <laughs> yep. And yeah. it is not, and I do not see it being, I do not see this being a, a month or two in the winter of us being like, oh no, spring training is going to start three weeks late. No, 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 this is, this, this has, does not end well potential written all over it. No, not at all. This is, this is going to be very, very bad. Um, but hey, hopefully 
it's at least three or four years down the line. Let's let's see if let's see if we survive as a planet until then. Get paid, um, young man. Get paid. Damn straight. Um, that brings us to the watch for uh, as we close out tonight's podcast. Wes, what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Um. Well, Ed, you know, uh, I got to watch one of my favorite movies, Seven. Um, you know, what's in the uh, box? What's in the box? It's another goal. Oh my god! <laughs> um, you know, I watched one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes where George Costanza talked about what he was going to name his son. He was going to name it Seven. <laughs> um. Wasn't there a movie called like Seven Mules for Sister Sarah or something? I'm, I'm really reaching on that shit, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, just just a, just a hair, hair bit. No, I didn't really get a lot of TV time in over the last week. Uh, Watch some more uh, episodes of Bob's Burgers. I've gotten through season four of Bob's. Mm. Uh, so we're into season five. Yes, uh, the last episode I watched was where uh, Felix decided he was going to kill. Um, Fish odor and uh, and Bob, and then at the last second had a change of heart. And, and as he's down there trying to get him out, uh, Fish odor still just talking straight trash. <laughs> oh, it is uh, it just 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 magical, just a magical show all around. You love to see it. Um. For me, I, I was going to mention this earlier, but now I, I feel like it's a good place to leave it here. Um, big shout outs to T-Mobile. Um, not only uh, did they decide to uh, hook all their, their subscribers up with the, uh, the new uh, MLS Apple TV package for the year. So if you are on T-Mobile, uh, you just get to watch every MLS ma- get matched this year if you want to. You're, yeah. you're, you're Yay! I know. Wait, I mean... I might check out like one or two matches here or there just just to see like how the production is going because I am interested to see how the uh, the Apple stuff is going. Well, of um, course, especially especially if Messi comes right. Of course, of course. Um, but the uh, more the better one uh, just got announced today. Once again, T-Mobile is also giving all their subscribers access to MLB.tv for the entire year. Yeah. Good for you, Ed. I'm very happy for you, Ed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. I think this is like four or five straight years now. I haven't had to pay for Major League Baseball oh. uh, subscription. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I, I, I'm so happy, too, Ed. <laughs> I can tell. It makes me so very happy. <laughs> So thanks again, T-Mobile. You're because there were there was actually a little bit of talk that they wouldn't do it this year. Um, there have been some promotional things, and at the end of last year, that were saying, "Hey, this deal is done," and like, uh, "Well, y- y'all are coming back next year, right? <laughs> You're going to give this to us again, right? We've gotten used to this. You can't just take it away now." But uh, yeah, well, we're just, we're just getting we're just getting ready for that salary cap to kick. <laughs> Oh, can't can't escape from crossing fades. Um, that is going to do it for this edition of the Afford Affair podcast. Episode 454 is in the books. Um, thanks to our podcast providers, which now include just, uh, I guess, podcasts by Spotify or Spotify for podcasters, whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. 
Spotify, we're on there, uh, as well as uh, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, so check us out at all those locations. Um, you can also catch us on social media as a collective. On Twitter, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. Oh, and I'm we- I'm, <laughs> I'm at Wes Bradshaw twenty one. I can understand. Uh, I'm at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, so that is going to do it again for episode 454. But before we get out of here tonight, Wes, anything else you want to add? Uh, man, we talked about uh, the World Baseball Classic. We've talked about the great things surrounding Major League Baseball right now. Um, but man, our favorite of all baseball, the college baseball, it is kicking into full gear right now. Uh, just, you know, two of the teams that I keep up with, of course, my beloved East Carolina Pirates sitting at nine and three on the season. Um, they are ranked based on whichever poll you're looking at. They're ranked somewhere in the top 15 and most of them, um, they are, uh, uh, 11.7. The 11.7 podcast has them ranked the number one uh, mid-major team in the country. Um, and, and, man, just uh, on Tuesday night, uh, they they debuted the powder purple uniform combo. Ed, did you get a look very at the powder Tottenham. purple? <laughs> did very. you get a look at that one? I did. It's very Tottenham. It is very Tottenham. That is literally my initial thought was, I've seen Tottenham wear this before. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then we kind of played like Tottenham, where we had to leave it late. <laughs> we, we had to leave it late against the team that we should have beat the shit out of. So. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the, the Tottenham is strong in the powder purples. Um, but anyway, so the Pirates also a good start. And our good friend of the pod, Baseball Brit, his Appalachian State Mountaineers off to an 8-3 and three start on the season end. Uh, good job by them. They lost their last two... Um, that they took, uh, they split a weekend series with Gardner Webb. They lost the uh, finale of it, and then uh, went to Duke and played at the DBAP on Tuesday night. Lost five nothing to Duke. Uh, the tough one this weekend for the Mountaineers, though, as they welcome number twenty four Campbell up to the Beaver Field at Jim and Betty Smith Stadium in Boone. Boone. So. Uh, Campbell, Campbell's like a freaking big South. They're like the powerhouse of the Big South. Yeah. Uh, really, really good baseball program. Uh, heading up there. So a proven weekend uh, for App State. See if, see if maybe, you know, if they if they could take two or three, that would be massive. If they can sneak one, that would still be a pretty good weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So college baseball. Uh, thank you. I believe, as of recording, I believe Virginia is still undefeated. Are they still in the undefeateds? Still undefeated. Or did they lose a midweek? And, uh, okay, they didn't lose a midweek. Okay. Yep. And uh, Coach O'Connor picking up his uh, 800th career uh, coaching victory as well. On the, on the, oh, on the man, that's awesome. Weekend. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. That's a crazy number to get to. Yeah. Gonna, gonna probably Ooh. go down as one of the... Uh, one of the greats, shockingly enough. Not that not that I doubted him or like thought he was being bad, but just you, you think about where Virginia was when he and the rest of that crew went in there and where they are now. Like it's mm-hmm. it is night and day, and I think it's been eight hundred uh, victories. It's insane. Well, awesome for Coach O'Connor. Awesome for the uh, Cavalier baseball team, and uh, 
for for here of uh yeah for us here on the foreign affair podcast we are we are really enjoying our college baseball season oh yeah uh in the march (laughs) (laughs) see see what happens as it goes forward but right now we are enjoying it absolutely enjoying it while it lasts um so far been very good so far um so that will do it for us for mccall and crime west bradshaw i am edward green Thank you so much for joining us here this week. We will catch you all next week with more Premier League and Champions League action. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Everton. You guys, just a great week. I mean, you're still in the relegation zone, but hey, close out. It could be worse. At least you didn't give up seven, did they, United? (laughs) They did not. (laughs) Seven. Seven miles an hour. We'll head down to 7-Eleven, I think, and pick me up a slushie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. All right.